Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. So we're starting a new series that's going to be going on for the next four, five weeks, maybe even longer. Um, And it's all about worship. And last week in our church, we were talking about living a next steps lifestyle, which is just always knowing what, what is God wanting me to be stepping into next? You know, we don't want to ever be stagnant. We don't want to ever kind of get lukewarm or just stale or just kind of in one place with God. We want to be continually moving forward, growing in him. And just, you know, God, just what is it you want me to be doing? We want to be constantly serving, giving of ourselves, growing in God. So we were talking about that last week. So this week, um, we're starting our new series, and it's all about worship and living our life as a worshipper. What, is, what does it mean to live a life of worship to God? You know, is worship just about singing a few songs on a Sunday morning or sticking a CD on in your car on the way to work? with a few Christian songs on it. Is that what worship really is? What, what actually is it then? What is it we're doing as worship? So we're going to unpack that over the next probably five weeks. We, might, we may go on longer than that, we'll see. But this morning, the title for my message is Know the One We Worship. So in order to worship God with our lives, we need to know him. We need to know who he is. What is what's his character? What his, what his nature is? Who is he? Because if we don't know who we're worshipping, it's pretty difficult to worship someone you don't really know. You don't kind of get, you can't worship them with your life, can you really? So we're going to get to know a bit more about the character and the qualities of God this morning. Uh, I'm just going to jump in with a quick story. And um, myself and my wife here, Anna, we, we met in Stafford. And that's the first, I, I gave my life to Lord in Stafford when I was at university. And then the first church I went to was in Stafford. And kind of as I was, I just joined a church over there. And Anna had kind of just come back to this church. She grew up in the church, kind of went away for a bit. And then she just came back to the Lord. And she came into church and I came into church. And we kind of met there. So we, the first time we met, we were in a uh, Freedom in Christ. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Freedom in Christ course. And kind of Anna was kind of sat at the back and I was kind of sat somewhere at the front. I didn't really want to be in the course, but I, my pastor told me I needed to be there, so I had to be there. Um, I hadn't quite developed my character at that point, so I was kind of a little bit like, oh, do I have to really go to this? But anyway, it was a God appointment because I was there and, you know, Anna was just new. She'd just come back to church. So I, I knew, I had been in the church for a couple of years, so I knew everyone who was around. And I saw this lady at the back who was new, and I was thinking, who's, who's, who's that lady? She, she's sitting with people. I don't really know who she is. Like, and I thought, you know, she looks, she looks nice. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I started kind of, week by week, I kind of edged my way further and further closer to her table. And um, she started to come to church on a Sunday morning. So her, her mum introduced me to her. So I knew her mum, I knew her family. And her mum kind of said, hi, Rohan, this is my daughter. This is Anna, our youngest daughter. Um, she's single, um, <laughs> which is a great introduction from a mum. I kind of felt like she was saying, kind of, you know, she's single, just, you know, take her off of my hands, you know, take her, you know, keep her. Anna was a bit of a rough diamond back in those days. She's, she's, she's polished up now. 
You're beautiful. <laughs> she had a lot of stuff going on in her life. But no, she, so her mum was kind of like, nice Christian boy. Yeah, she's single, she's single. So anyway, we got to know each other. We started hanging around in groups and we just, you know, we, we hung out and then we started going out, we started dating. And, you know, as we were dating, it was like, I liked how she looked from the outside, but I didn't really know her as a person. So I just started to get to know her. We got to know each other. And we, you know, you, the more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know them, their character, their personality, the things they like, the things they don't like, um, what makes them happy, what makes them sad, you know, what, what gets them annoyed, what gets them angry. And you get to know their character, their, 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 their nature, what, what they're actually like. You know, was she honest or trustworthy? Or, you know, did she keep her promises? Was she reliable? Was she faithful? You know, all of those things you just get to know just over time. And I'd just like to say I found that she was very loving, very kind, very trustworthy. And she's a generous person. She loves God. She loves people. And she's a hardworking person. And, you know, we fell in love. And the more I got to know her, the more we fell in love, the, the closer we became, the closer we became. And, you know, we, we got to the point where we decided we want to spend the rest of our lives together. And, you know, we got engaged, got married. But that kind of loving relationship that you kind of go through when you're courting or you're going out with your future husband or wife is, is kind of where God wants us to start. When we're talking about worship, you know, we've got to get to know him. We've got to know the one we're worshipping. We've got to know what his qualities are. You know, what, what, what is it that makes him so good? You know, we were singing how, how great he was this morning. We were really declaring that and just shouting that and praising that. But do we really know how great he is? What, how, how is it we, we find out his qualities, his character? So I be, we became closer and closer, me and Anna, and we, we had a, our relationship became deeper and deeper. And that's what God wants for us as well. The closer, the more we get to know him, the closer he wants us to become. Now, God made us as human beings to relate to him. You may have heard people talk about a God-shaped hole in our hearts, that everyone's got a God-shaped kind of hole. So before we come to know the Lord or give our lives to the Lord, there's something missing in us. Because actually, when God created Adam and Eve, he, he created them for relationship. He created them with, with his spirit so that they're joined to him. So if you're not connected to God, there's something missing. And we often have heard of people that say, you know, you can try and fill that hole with all sorts of other things. But really, deep down, there remains something missing. You know, he wants us to be, to, in the spirit, to be in, intimately connected to him. That's what he's looking for. And we kind of need to allow him to do that. And the closer we become to God, it's like the closer we become with that connection, we, we start to open ourselves up to him and connect with him. And that's what I see a life of worship being about. It's that communion with God, a deep calling unto deep. It's like this spirit to spirit connection with him. And worship really should be about a, an overflow of our connection, an overflow of our relationship with him is worship. That's, that's what I see worship as. And we're going to talk loads more about that. And there's loads more to go into regarding worship. So Moses was 
a man of God, and God revealed himself to Moses. God revealed his character to Moses. And um, if we could just have the first slide up, in Exodus 34, Moses had kind of gone up the mountain, he'd got these, the two tablets, the two commandments, uh, before this story, he'd come down and he'd saw the people had got into doing some stuff that they shouldn't be doing, and he smashed them uh, out of anger, and then he kind of told all the people off, and then he went, God called him back up the mountain to get a new set of um, tab- stone tablets with all the command- commandments written on them. And Moses kind of had this deep relationship with God where God would come and speak to him face to face. And Moses asked God to show me your glory. He asked him to show him his glory. And Moses, uh, I mean, God called Moses back up the mountain. And on the second time up the mountain, God passed before him and revealed to him his character. So if you just pick up on the story here, it says, so Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone, like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. So God came down in this cloud and spoke out his name, God's name, Yahweh. So if you have the next set of scriptures... Uh, The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. So God kind of came down and it was like this moment of him declaring himself to Moses. He was revealing who he was, revealing his character, his nature. And actually the Bible is full, the book of Psalms is full of, of how good God is and how great God is and how David worshipped him and got to know him. And there's loads more uh, about God's character and nature and personality and qualities that we can unpack. But this was kind of like the first time God revealed him who he is to someone And he's compassionate. He's compassionate. He's merciful. When he says he's merciful, he's full of mercy. It means he doesn't give us what we deserve. He shows us mercy. You know, if he was to give us what we deserve, this planet would be wiped out. God would, you know, because of sin, God would just get rid of everyone. But he shows us mercy. He's slow to anger. He's filled with unfailing love. And faithfulness. He's slow to anger. That means he's patient with us. He knows, he knows us. He knows he has to be patient with us. But he's filled with that unfailing love and faithfulness towards us. He's, he loves us. You know, he really, really loves us deeply. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was his act of love to us. To bridge that gap between us and him, he sent his son. He's faithful. He lavishes unfailing love to a thousand generations. So he lavishes his love on us. This is Old Testament speaking to Moses. He he said he lavishes his love on us to a thousand generations. God is good, amen? He forgives iniquity or wickedness. Another word for iniquity is... He forgives rebellion and sin, but he does not excuse the guilty. So he will forgive us. So in our new covenant with God, when Jesus came 
uh, and gave, his, gave himself for us on the cross, he said, if we confess our sins to him, he will forgive us. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we confess our, our sins to him, our rebellion and our iniquity, our wickedness to, to Jesus, it's like we, we become wiped clean because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So that was his kind of act of forgiveness. Back in the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice animals to kind of wipe away their sin and stuff like that. But now we have Jesus. But he does not excuse the guilty. And you know that last bit. Sometimes we can miss bits like that out in our kind of preaching of who Jesus is and and, in our gospel. We don't want to try and offend people. But actually, he does not excuse the guilty. And that's quite important character of God. He's a just God. And there is a judgment. You know, there is a judgment. If If you don't know Jesus you come under a judgment. And if you're guilty, which everyone who doesn't know Jesus and hasn't had Jesus wipe their sins clean, you will be guilty before God and there is a judgment. But we believe in a just God. He can't just be nice all the time and loving all the time and just forget all the bad stuff we do. He's a just God. He, he, he measures out justice. So if we had just have the next slide. So Psalm... 103, we were praying something like this this morning before we came, before you guys came into the meeting. Sandra was leading the prayer meeting. She was, she was praying from, we were praying and declaring Psalm 145. It's very similar to this. And it says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And you know, as, as we read the word of God, a great way to enter in to worship with him is to actually thank him with the scripture, to use the scripture, to speak it out. We were doing that this morning and just thanking him. So this, is, uh, this just goes back over those characteristics of God that was in uh, the book of Exodus. And you can, you can you read scripture like this, there's loads of Psalms like this, and you could just say, thank you, Lord, that you're compassionate and merciful. You're slow to get angry. You're filled with unfailing love. We thank you, Lord, that you do not constantly accuse us nor remain angry with us forever. You do not punish us for our sins. We thank you that you do not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For your unfailing love toward, for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is great. So we say thank you, God, that your unfailing love towards me, towards us, is great. As high as the heavens are above the earth. So that's how much he loves us. And we see that in the New Testament as well. He's got such an overflowing, lavish love for us. And as we get to know him deeper and deeper, and we take scriptures like this and really kind of own them for ourselves, we make them personal for us, worship should start to come up, should start to bubble up. As in, out of our thankfulness and our gratitude and our love for him, worship should come up. It should be our response. So we're going to get back into worship in a bit because I want us to respond to God with worship this morning. But I've got a few, I've got a few more things to kind of just, just go over before we do that. So back in the Old Testament, God gave careful instructions to Moses to set up kind of his temple. And at that point, it was just a tent before it became a temple. But God gave Moses these instructions and said, you know, this is how I want the temple to look. This is what I want to be in the, in the temple. Um, this is the way to set it all out, to lay it all out. And there was uh, an outer court, there was an inner court, and there was a place called the Holy of Holies. 
And in different areas, so the outer court is obviously the furthest away, and in different areas there's different kind of objects and altars and different things. And there was this inner court, and the Holy of Holies is where God dwelled. That's where his presence dwelled. There was an Ark of the Covenant in there, and that's where the presence of God, the glory of God was. And only the high priest was able to go into that place because it was so holy, so pure. If the high priest went into that place and had any sin going on in his life, he would actually die. They, tie, they tied like a rope around his leg. So if he died, they, would pull it, they could pull him out, so, which is a bit harsh, isn't it? But it was such, in those days, God was so holy and so revered and so pure he's he's called like an all-consuming fire that if you went near him with any sin in your life it was like you you could die the high priest could die so the high priest had to make sacrifices for his own sin and sacrifices for the sin of the people and then he could go into the holy of holies or or it was called the most holy place i mean the great thing that we need to celebrate the good news is that jesus has paid the price for our sin, so we can actually go in. We can meet with God face to face. We can come before his throne. We can come right before him because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So there's no more sacrificing loads of animals and getting dragged out if we die. But I just want to use that kind of progression as an illustration this morning because you've got the outer court, you've got the inner court, and you've got the Holy of Holies where God dwells. And I just want to ask us this question, that in our relationship with God, if you're born again here today and you know him personally, you know, where, where are we? Are we in the outer court, that uh, quite a distance away from God? Are we in the inner court, it's kind of in the middle, and we're kind of, you know, not quite close to him, but we're not quite too far away? Or are we in the Holy of Holies with him? Do we live our lives in the Holy of Holies? So, I was kind of just been praying about this and I felt God give me this illustration and, and I'll just go over what I wrote down as, as, an, as being in the outer court, inner court and the Holy of Holies. So the outer court is like a place of cold religion. It's a place of duty. So you're saved, but you choose to live your life for yourself. So you may attend church and just come on a Sunday morning but, and you might pray in, in, when there's an emergency going on, but you kind of just live a, a very, a, like a distant Distant, your heart is distant from God. There's no intimacy with God, no relationship, no closeness, no passion, no heart of worship, and living a life of kind of compromise when it comes to sin. There's just a little bit here, a little bit there. It's, it's okay. So that's the outer court. The inner court can be like, you're mostly living with a sense of duty to serving God but there's no real devotion there to him you pray sometimes you pray for some things but you're mostly living for yourself there's no real closeness to the heart of God no passion no true worship and you keep him at kind of arm's length you keep at a distance from God so God you can do some stuff in my life but just that's don't come too close I don't want to come too close you want to get on with your own life and you kind of still want to live a life of kind of just lukewarmness and compromise. And the Holy of Holies, I believe, is like a life laid down for Jesus. It's a life where we say, Lord, do whatever you want to do in my life. Here I am. I want to live for you. Whatever you want to do with me, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at home, whether I'm with the kids, whether I'm out doing whatever I'm doing. Lord, I'm here. I want to live my life completely for you. 
use me, speak through me. It's a place of deep relationship with God. It's a place of passion. It's a place of closeness with God. It's a place of obedience and devotion. It's a life of dedication, really. It's been set apart for him. It's a life of worship and keeping your life free from just intentional sin. So my question to you this morning is, where do you want to live? Where do you want to be? Outer court, inner court, or holy of holies? What type of, what type of relationship with God do you want to have? Because there is good news here, because God has made a way for us all to live a holy of holies life with him. And there's access to him because of what Jesus did. But the first step towards that is making a decision in our will. Our will is that first step. It's do we want to live a holy of holies life with God or do we want to keep him at a distance? And you know, actually, it's, it's fine. It's your choice. God has given us free will. We can do whatever we want to do with our lives. He's given us that, that luxury. But I would encourage you to live a life fully on fire for him, fully on, with passion. You have a passion, a devotion, a life of worship towards him. I would, that's, that's my personal desire, that whatever I'm doing, I want to be, God, just use me today. Father, I just surrender my life to you today. Do whatever you want to do with me. Have your way in my life. So here's a really cool scripture from Hebrews 10. This is one of the answers now. If we just put up, I think it's like this, yeah, Hebrews 10 slide. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. So what, what this scripture is about is, is God saying, you can live that holy of holies life. I've made a way for you to live that life. Don't live in compromise anymore. Don't live in the outer, outer court. Don't live a distance from me. We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. So back in those days, there was a curtain actually around the holy place. The holy of holies had this kind of curtain around it. And like I said, only a high priest could go in and he had to be clean. But actually, Jesus has made a way through the curtain to the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with a sincere heart, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. You know, as I was just researching this, I found out that the high priest had to be washed before he went in and he had to put on these new clothes, white clothes, special linen garments. He had to be clean before he could go into that place. And actually, this is what Jesus has done for us with his blood. He's cleansed us from a guilty conscience, sprinkled us with his blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So as we deal with stuff in our lives and confess stuff to him and get rid of the compromise, get rid of the, the judgment, the sin, the, the, just the stuff of the world. We just get rid of all of that stuff out of the way. It gives us a clean conscience to actually boldly become right, be, right into his holy of holies, right into the th before the throne of grace. 
You know, sometimes when we know we've got stuff going on in our lives that we shouldn't have going on, it kind of gives you a bit of a, it makes, it, it doesn't allow you to worship him fully because you've got like, you, you feel your conscience pricks you. Your conscience kind of doesn't allow you to come right in. So sometimes like this morning when we were just pressing into God, worshiping him, declaring him, declaring who he is, I know for some people it's difficult because you know I've got stuff going on. I'm, you know, I'm this compromise. So Jesus came to get rid of all of that. Jesus has given us the ability to confess our sins to him and to be cleansed completely clean so that we can come right into that holy of holies, to live that lifestyle. For some of you young people, it might be the way you talk to your parents. The, do you really honour and respect your parents, your mum and your dad? Deal with that with God. Sometimes it's the way we talk with our mouths, you know, do we praise God with our mouths and then go away and gossip about people and judge people and be critical about people and just pull people down? We can deal with those things this morning. It takes a second, by the way, to be forgiven by God. It takes a second to turn around. Sometimes for people, it might be the things we watch on TV or we listen to or just conversations we get into and just the stuff of the world can just invade our lives and just make us, it causes us to just not have that full confidence. If we can just keep that scripture up. We want to have confidence before God. We want to have sincere hearts full with full assurance of faith, another translation says. Fully knowing we can come before him, fully knowing we can live that all-out life for God. There's another scripture in Romans 12, and this is really, for me, what worship is all about. If we could just have that scripture up. Just the one before that. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him, to God. This is your true and proper worship. And that for me, if we just go back, that for me is what worship is all about. And, and Paul says here in his letter to the Romans, I urge you, I urge you, you know, I really forcefully say, do this, please do this. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, so the mercy of God that we just talked about, what Jesus did for us, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That encapsulates worship. It's a, a life of surrender. A life where we've given our lives over to him, for him to use us. And then the next, the next scripture, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think it's interesting that that piece of, that piece of scripture just came straight after that. So live a life of worship, of sacrifice, Give your life to God fully. And then it says, but remember, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't just get into the stuff of this world that will just bring you away from that life of worship. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the word of God. So what we're going to do this morning is, first of all, you need to make a decision as to where you want to live with him, where you want to be with him. 
And I'm just going to assume that everyone here wants to live a holy of holies life with him, a life of worship and surrender to him. So the blood of Jesus enables us to do that. So we want to just apply that blood. We want to apply the power of the cross to our hearts this morning. So that if we've got divided hearts, if we've got part of me wants to serve God, part of me wants to live for God, but part of me doesn't, you can apply the power of the cross to your heart this morning. You can apply his blood to help you to get yourself focused on him this morning. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.